You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse, Maddie, and Kim give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. same thing but hello vixies <laughs> it's maddie from voluntary vixens joined and as always with by my amazing jesse. co-host jesse who <laughs> manages to be here more than i do because she is a trooper and i am not <laughs> yeah i guess i'm more of a night person because that's usually the only times we can do this yeah so it's funny <clears throat> I was just thinking about, I mean, so like, we didn't even celebrate our one year anniversary, COVID. Oh, I know. I know. We've been doing this for over a year now. And so cheers and cheers to everybody who's been listening the whole time and clinky clinky to all the new people. Um, Hi. We tried to get Kim on board today, but I forgot that it was Tuesday today because Memorial Day threw me off and... She was too busy because she was catching up on work. So Kim would be here, too, if it weren't for the fact that Memorial Day happened. So blame Memorial Day. Blame Trump for being racist, right? Dang it. That's got to be right. I forgot. So, yeah. (laughs) Can't forget that. (laughs) Just, uh, you know, Trump only cares about the white veterans and shit. (laughs) I'm sure that was a, I'm sure that was a thing Whitey. yesterday. Yeah, so coming out of Memorial Day, um I was very very grateful for a break, a nice 3-day weekend cuz you know, blessing and a curse. I'm very fortunate that I've been working this whole time, but I have been working this whole time and things have not slowed down for me at work. And I'm sure. I I, I even this weekend I had nightmares about work and one of them included so if you've been listening to the podcast at all, you know that I work with doctors, I work with epidemiologists, I work with people who are actually treating COVID patients and are super hyper, very, very paranoid about um, the virus and everything that's going on. And so it's, I mean, as if everybody in their normal lives isn't being stressed out enough about this, I've got it like just on full blast every day, all day, and it is way too much. And so in my dream, I had a dream on Friday night, the other night this weekend, that I tried to go enjoy myself and have some time away in Florida, like with my family. And, you know, we purposefully stayed even in our own place. I don't have a place in Florida, but, you know, whatever. We were more or less quarantined or like like just social distancing. And I still got lectured by work because I broke the code and... You know, whatever the code is, because the code changes every day, and it's all, and it's also just like a bunch of rules for thee, but not for me. And so, you know, something for them might fly where it doesn't fly for me. And so, I'm having nightmares about this stuff. I don't like it. I'm over it. I really like. I, we've been saying we've been over it. Like Jesse and I have actually been saying we've been over the COVID thing for months since yes. March. I mean, because just like any other alternative media, we were actually talking about it before everybody else was or 
you know, it was on our mm-hmm. minds, at least on our radar. And then, and then when everyone else was told it was time to worry about it, we were, uh, that was when we were kind of already starting to not worry about it. So safe to say I'm exhausted, yep. you know? Yeah. And I, like one of the things that drove me, I think the thing about this whole thing that's really psychologically messing with me is just, I, I mean, I'm a nurse. I want, I listen to other nurses who know better. I listen to doctors who know better and they understand how to read data. They understand what's a significant percentage point and what is not a significant percentage point. They understand statistics. At least I assume they do. Maybe that's my, my fault. But I'm watching people like lose their shit over things that like over a disease that has killed 0.2% people uh, in this country. <laughs> and um, uh, they brought up, I think it was somebody on Twitter brought up how a hun- like we reached 100,000 people died from COVID, I guess, under Trump's watch, under Trump's America. I feel like that and cannot that be like, accurate at all. <sighs> well, we all, I mean, we know Dr. Burks has said publicly that um, they've been very um, generous with the numbers, with giving people COVID who may not have actually died from it or actually had it. Um. So she admitted on television that they've been really generous about categorizing COVID deaths. She, so, I mean, I'm not just making this stuff up. It's, it's on television. It's fact that that's what she said. And, uh, people still are like worried about the death cases. Um, actually I have a friend who's over in New York working in a hospital in Queens right now. She volunteered to work over in their ICUs. And I'm going to have her on as soon as she gets back. She, her her um, contract is almost up. So when she gets back, she's going to come on and we're going to talk about some of this stuff. Because um, there are, she said that there are some things that are being put online, like that they're killing patients and things like that. She says that's not exactly true, but there are some reasons why the death rate is so high in New York. Compared to like other like populated cities, and um, but she can't really talk about it because she's there right now. Yeah, so she's gonna be sense. really careful what she talks about. Yep, and um, completely understandable. But uh, once her contract's up and she's home, and if she's comfortable with talking, I definitely would love to hear what she's got to say. And you know, I think it's one of those things where. People have intentions, and I think everybody on the ground probably has good intentions, but just like in any case, in any situation, in any context, every single person is fallible, and every single person is um, is capable of of you know confirmation bias of trusting in sources that maybe shouldn't be trusted um and just mm-hmm. being unwilling to question what they're being told um but where it's like and it's driven by fear and it's driven by you know there is a lot unknown 
or that they say is unknown about this virus. But I think it's what's killing me is just like, I think we know some of these things by now. And it seems like the things we quote unquote don't know, the things that are unknown are so inconvenient or like conveniently inconvenient that we don't know more about them and exactly like that and how I guess it's slowly slowly starting to trickle out like I guess the CDC last week did publish that uh, just how rare it is for the virus to be transmitted by surfaces but it's like you know that was legitimate a legitimate source of spreading like like no questions asked recently and so it's just Mm -hmm. finally even questioned and it's just like i don't know it seems like so much common sense has gone out the window and i know like you know we keep saying we're so tired of it but um i think just because we happen to be talking about this stuff in the context of this virus that we can't freaking stand talking about like I think it it's all applicable to things that are going to happen again in history, things that have happened in history. Like, everything's very cyclical. Humans um, fall into patterns, and I think this is just... Just keep your eyes open, everyone. Like, I'm watching everybody and everything like a hawk and just listening and waiting to see kind of what happens. And, like, I... Well, this is like a gigantic science, like psychological experience. Yeah, yeah. Experiment I mean, experiment is what it is. So much. I mean, so. we know. Just look at the um, Stanley Milgram study or the Stanford Prison study. I mean, this is exactly what we're doing right now. Especially the prison study, which they had to end that study because it was getting violent. Basically, they had these groups of students that were volunteering for the study, and some were picked at random to be the prisoners. Some were picked at mm, random to be the prison that, guards. Yep, that one. They had to end the study because it started to get pretty violent and they were afraid it was going to really escalate. Um, When you give people a sense of power over another group of people, then they become corrupt and they, that, that gets to their head. So um, I think that we're seeing that now, like we're seeing our government be those prison guards. They got a taste of power. Like some of these governors, for example, got a taste of power and they're just abusing it and people are just sitting back and letting them abuse them and cheering it on in a lot of instances and being really really like cold-hearted and not compassionate about like it's it's not a black or white issue like no matter what anybody tells you and so for people to say that anybody not wearing a mask, like, I hope you get COVID and die. Those are nurses that are saying some of that stuff too. Nurses and doctors are saying shit like that. That is disgusting. Like and I find, That's the part where I lose my shit because I'm like, we take a vow to do no harm. So even your words mean something. When you're saying absolutely. that you wish somebody would get sick or die, you are a disgusting human being and I don't have want to have anything to do with you. And I mean, like... It's actual negative energy that you're putting out there into the universe. And I mean, you know, this isn't exactly new, but, and Jesse, you can tell me as a nurse, like, if you heard things about, like, you know, um, just, it goes right in line. It's just lockstep with the whole Trump derangement syndrome that we were seeing beforehand. But, like, you know, I 
I know there were healthcare workers that talked about not wanting to provide work for Trump supporters. And it's like, that's insane. And, mm-hmm. and, and for them to, and so it's not insane for people to not like the other, you know, it's, we've talked about this before. People are very tribalistic. Like they pick one side or the other one team and it's their team. And, you know, they will live by and die by that team. And so, you know, the polarization is, it's heightened more than ever, but, you know, that is not abnormal. But what is abnormal is for those same people to get on their high horse and talk about how they're the superior person, their moral superiority rules over everybody else's, they want what's best for everybody, but, you know, they would just really have a hard time um, and, like, actually struggle to treat a Trump supporter or, you know, mm-hmm. these nurses that we're seeing like, or, and God, it's just doctors, anybody that, you know, claims to be a healthcare worker out there that you see making these like grandstand posts online about how they're doing all that, this, that, and whatever for you. But then also like, <sighs> you can go die. Like, I hope you die. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't think they realize the dichotomy of what they're saying. And that's the part. See, that's the thing. It's like, we could, we could say all we want to about this virus, but the, the thing that really is just freaking me out is just the, the, the psychological damage that we, I'm starting to see in people. Um, I mean, I have, I have like one of my really good friends is a therapist and she hates Trump with her whole being like, when Trump got elected, she had to go see her own therapist because oh, geez. it was such a well traumatic fair, event for her. Like we all we all thought that we all thought Hillary had it. Definitely so thought she was going to cheat enough to she win. Was at least yeah, at she the was, least she was comfortable and happy. Like her and her husband like had a plan to like just drink wine and relax and watch Hillary just and ring in the new vagina. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> But when that didn't happen, it just their whole like worldview just like broke apart because they couldn't everything they thought they knew shattered. I know. Yeah. And I think that's how all these people felt because, you know, Obama was president and everything was great when Obama was president. The world was perfect. We're living in a delusional world. Well, and I mean, let's just face it. I mean, when you put let's put Trump next to Obama and let them just talk and one of them is going to look better than the other no matter what Uh, yeah but you know obama definitely had the look he had his speech down he had the whole he had charisma he had all of that which is what these people are very focused on and those people really care about image they care Mm -hmm. about how a person carries themselves and this is this is just my opinion. It's not fact or anything, but I think that the people that can't grasp Donald Trump are people that are very image oriented. They want everything to look right, sound right, you know, l- at least appear to be right. And then Trump comes in like a elephant in a china shop and just knocks that whole that thing down for them, and it, they can't believe that this is happening because they just never considered another alternative view but what now they have yeah. to they have to consider it every single day well what's crazy <laughs> crazy what's crazy is that like you know traditionally from the left they were the side that questioned authority they didn't like 
power structures. They, you know, they hated all the presidents. I mean, I think they got down with Clinton, but, you know, it was also just like, okay, like, he's doing a great job, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's cool. Like, we like him. And then, um, you know, Bush. They hated Bush. Uh, oh, yeah. And then Obama came in as the savior of the world, and it was like everybody who might have ever questioned liking government or not, like, loved government, just, like, loved Obama. Yeah. And it, it was just like, and you can, you can, um, you know, be witness to this more than I obviously was just because of our age differences. And, you know, I was very young still. I was, I had just graduated just graduated um, high school and was in my freshman year of college when Obama was elected. And so honestly, like, what did I know about the world before then other than just my own lived experience, which was limited and just young and youthful. And then, of course, what was taught in school. And I've already talked about it before that it was definitely driven where you thought that the Democrats were the good guys. The Republicans were the staunchy old traditionalists that had bad ideas and were probably racist, uh, but that you definitely shouldn't mm-hmm. like them. There was no, there was no redeeming qualities for the Republicans whatsoever. Like not even worth it discussing. Um, like I didn't even know that my school had. Like I knew that they were, I guess, young Democrats because you know everybody makes themselves known because they wear it with pride and you know. Uh, arrogance. Um, I didn't even know we had a young Republicans group. There was, you know, a handful of kids that all their parents were like, you know, small business owners, like hardworking, did well, um, but just like very like modest, unassuming people. And so, okay, this is anecdotal and a little bit of a blanket statement. Shoot me, you know, go sue me. But like, this was my experience <laughs> and what I live. So, but, um, so yeah, I mean, I, did not vote in that election because I didn't know anything about anything in anyone um, and thought that was the more respectful thing for me to do. <laughs> uh, laughing at that because nothing about, uh, you know, trying to be a tyrant and, um, you know, overpower your neighbor's wants is respectful, but mm-hmm. I digress. Yeah, but it's just I like mean, a, yeah, a weird a weird world. Like, and then I uh, the memory, sure. the short term memory of everybody just yeah. seems to be out of control. I do feel like back in the old days, you know, and I barely remember this myself because I was young when this was happening. But I remember like, what was it, uh, Bill Clinton when he was running for president? I think I was in middle school. I was in first and, grade uh, for one of his campaigns. Yeah, I, we, I remember us talking about it in our government class in middle school, and I I pretty much remember just seeing him and being like, you know, like, if you guys watch, I've had to watch a lot of Disney movies recently because of what I do for a living. I watch this little girl, and we watch a lot of Disney movies, and one of the movies that I can think of that this kind of relates to is... Um, what is it? The Beauty and the Beast. And if you guys remember Gaston. Yeah. He was like this good looking guy. And he was like, look how great I am. And look mm-hmm. at all the things I can do. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what a lot of politicians remind me of. 
is a Gaston where I'd say that's fair. Usually not as yeah. uh, physically attractive um, for the most yeah. part, just because they're usually. But like even some when they're physically attractive, person. they're physically attractive in that way, where it's like they're you're still kind of a douche. Like, oh, and yeah. that's how I felt like uh, about Obama. But I felt that way really about Bill Clinton. Like I, because I, when I was in middle school, I didn't know anything political. I just got that vibe like there's something like douchey about him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just feel it. Like he's not. He's fake. Like he's pretending to be nice, but he's really not. Like I could just felt. I just kind of felt that from him, um, just from the things I saw on TV and. Um, so I remember in my class, a lot of kids in my grade felt that way about him, too. Like, they just did not like him. And we had to discuss it in um, our politics class. And I don't remember, I guess, what was he running against? Dukakis? Mm. <laughs> I don't even know who it was, because that person was so like forgettable. like Dukakis is earlier, even. Like, maybe. <laughs> I know it was against Dole at one point. Yes, but I'm not sure that if that was, was his the... first or second. Oh, and Bob Dole. His, his, he it had to have been stage. his second, right? Because didn't he beat Bush Senior, and that's why Bush Senior yes. only had one term? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how reasons, bad Bush Senior was. One of the reasons Bush Senior. Well, I mean, like it just wasn't his turn. So I think it's even like weirder almost that who did Bush Senior beat? His first time. Like, how did God. Bush Sr. get in? Like, his Mr. X CIA director, like... Was it... How did he... Because um, he shouldn't have won. The way it, like, kind of works is that it goes from Republican to Democrat, Republican to Democrat. And so for it to have gone from Reagan twice to Bush Sr. once... I mean, unless oh, yeah. people want to attribute it to... They were continuing to ride the Reagan high. Um, yeah. But who, I don't know. I mean, if anybody has any thoughts, you know I like a good uh, conspiracy. And the bushes suck, so, you Something know, about I'm Reagan really... making AIDS in a bio lab in hmm. Canada. I don't uh, know. We got to ask Bird about that one. Bird probably knows. Bird definitely knows the inside scoop. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I just, it. I do remember when... I do remember when Fox News finally, like came into the scene, and that's when you really started to see a split in the news, like of a very conservative and very. It's like they weren't even trying to pretend anymore, and I think that's where I think a lot of these problems have become a, an issue because even my friend for like that that had to go to therapy because Trump got um, elected, where she lives, like she lives in a state that is very conservative but the city that she lives in is like a little oasis of you know liberal land <laughs> and i mean i went with we went to go visit her and i took a bunch of pictures of just the surrounding area it was like very much i mean it would there were even t-shirts that were like you know trump isn't welcome here or something like that and it was very political very much liberal slanted town mm -hmm. so she lives in a little oasis and i was just thinking like well no wonder like she has all these thoughts and these things because wherever she goes even if she goes out to the store there's t-shirts talking about how horrible trump is and then there's the becoming book by uh, michael obama <laughs> 
that is all over the bookstores. So it's like, that's what she's, that's what she's, if, even if she doesn't even realize it subconsciously, she's around that all the time. Yeah. And it's a very you know, insulated mom, world. Yeah. My mom will literally have the TV on and have um, Fox News on. Although lately she's been better about that. But, you know, I can only imagine like if you have Fox News blaring in your living room all day, what your thought processes are going to be politically, you know. But it used to be where you didn't have 24-hour news. You had to wait till 6 o'clock. And I still remember this. I'm sorry, that just shows my age. But I remember you didn't watch the news until you had dinner time. And then that's what we did. My mom would, we would watch the news while we ate our dinner. And then when the news was over, we turned off the TV and finished our dinner. And that was it. Um, and then now it's just like 24 hours. It's in your face. Same stories. Over hate and over again. lies, hate lies. And I mean, my husband went through the spell where he was watching MSNBC for a while, and Oof. I remember just wanting to vomit in my mouth all the time because mm -hmm. it's just literally. And this is the thing: I don't like Trump. I don't know why I even feel the need to say that, but it's just like because we always they, still have to they talk about how much Trump sucks balls all the time and i can't stand it because it's like okay move on to something else it's like that girl who broke up with that horrible ex-boyfriend and she can't stop talking about how horrible he is <laughs> and you're like girl we get it he was in butthole move on move you know what on I mean? or like what are you doing to fix your own problems because <laughs> girl yeah we know you was cray before him yeah. <laughs> okay, forgive my that I don't talk like that ever. But <laughs> but really on a serious note, like if and we've we've said it before and we're not the only ones to say it, but like if you put that much weight behind um weight behind the hate for Trump, you feel it's just like I you're really like not focusing enough on yourself and things that you could do to better yourself and your own life and your surroundings like if if really it comes down to that then if that's really like the thing you have to hate the most in the world like god what a fucking privileged i hate pedophiles what a privileged point like i hate people that i hate pedophiles like to murder people for no reason whatsoever i hate psychopaths I hate people i hate them a lot more than any politician yeah, dep though, depends on the like politicians because they are you know i do feel like politicians have a part to play in some of that but for sure well, that's another show <laughs> well yeah um, and so it, it would just be like a different a different acknowledgements than any that are that any that are being discussed today or yesterday or ever pre-covid pre-covid when we were you know watching these crazy nutbags try to impeach our president whether you like him or not he is technically our president um but like you know here we just how many years did we just endure of him being called a and, russian and how many years russian asset did they and say the same thing they said the same thing it's just they were telling us this is your president you're just gonna have to deal with it yep. this is your president you're gonna have to deal with it and then accept it it's just racist. so much hypocrisy I think that's the thing. It's just so much hypocrisy and just idiosity that I just, like, I get so frustrated 
Um, it's getting to the point now where multiple people that I know on the left, I just have to walk on eggshells around them because I've made them mad just by simply asking them questions like, well, why do you think that? Well, ex please explain to me how Donald Trump is racist and things like that, you know? And I'm like legit asking those questions and they just don't want to answer them. They actually get mad. Or the answer. Instead of being condescending by asking those questions. Or the answer is the NPC response where it's like literally cut and paste for, and you've heard it before and it's unoriginal. It didn't require any thought of their own. And, you know, it's only partially true, right? It's just partially true enough that somebody's regurgitated it. But it, if you actually like look into things, it's not true. And mm -hmm. like, I, you know, it shouldn't even have like, to be I feel, like Dave I, I feel like we're all getting stupider like even having these yeah. conversations just talking about stuff that isn't true what a waste of yes, goddamn that's time the frustrating part yeah so i remember dave smith even talking about this with um on one of the episodes of part of the problem is he's talking about how like though there really now there really are a few times where donald trump has said things that are racist but th nobody ever brings up those times they just bring up like They'll say Times that it didn't they'll happen. Mis they'll, yeah, they'll like misinterpret like something he said, or they'll only show like a clip of something to make it sound racist or bad. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but then when he actually does actually do something that is bad, they don't show that part. And that's the, that's the part where I'm like, are they now, are they just messing with me now? Are they just trying to screw us, like screw with our heads? Because I know like, for example, I know he's have said plenty of misogynist things. Um, you could go back in time and like just go on his show when he was the host of, you know, whatever that the um, You're fired. No, that's not what it's yeah, called. The apprentice. I can't remember now. <laughs> yes, there you go. When he was I'm sure he has said something misogynist. I'm sure that um there's plenty of plenty of things that you can point to. But um and I, the only thing that I can think of that was racist is when he was talking about how he didn't think he was going to get a fair trial from that Mexican judge on something. I don't remember what he was going to trial for. Um, that's the only thing I could think of that was maybe racist, but I, I just feel like everything gets pulled out of context and, and it's just turned around into something so terrible. And if I was watching MSNBC all the time and watching all their clips that they show, I would probably think the same thing. If that was the only avenue of news source I was getting, yeah. I could see where I, that would slip into my brain after a while. Because even if I was trying to be unbiased, can you imagine that that's all you watched all day long? I mean, some people really believe Rachel Maddow is good at yeah. her job. And, like, yeah. asks, <laughs> asks the right questions and has a good haircut. I don't know, like... Way too many people watch Rachel Maddow, but I guess, you know, they're still dying in um, viewership, but or probably are again or were, you know, before they had, I don't know, they seem to just do well when they've got um, just a new Trump story. And so honestly, like so much of this Corona nonsense, I feel is an anti-Trump story and I... There are definitely conspiracies that go really far on that. But I do think, I think that it would be silly to not 
have even a thought about like if this weren't if this weren't a Trump presidency, the reaction we're all experiencing and um living through, I it would not be the same. And I if you can't even um acknowledge or try to like do that little thought exercise like what would it be like if uh this was under obama um i say obama just because under hillary actually like she is a deeply evil disturbed disturbing person and i don't i don't like to think about the world with hillary in charge see the thing that this is what me and Dave were kind of talking about when we were in our last episode. Um, we were talking about like, are people good or evil when they're born? Like is, or are they just clean slates and they just become whatever because of life experience? Um, and I was saying, you know, I think people are born evil. And what I mean by evil, I'm not saying like evil, like they come out like with glowing red eyes or anything. I'm just saying, like, they're, people are selfish inherently. That's something we have to unlearn over time. And um, we do things for our, our own benefit. That's what babies do. They cry. They poop. They pee. And they... They're hungry they wreak all the time. havoc on your life. They don't consider your feelings whatsoever. Um, and it's just... As with children, I have two of them. I have to teach them how to be more considerate of each other and of me and their father all the time and it's just a it's an ongoing learning process some people get it some people never get it and i feel like with hillary i think that she has this she's kind of how do i say this i'm Drinks not trying to say blood. she's exactly like hitler <laughs> but i think that hitler thought that what he was doing was for the greater good too he did. you know what i mean and I think that um, people who have these grandiose ideas that only I have the way to the truth, only I know how to fix all the problems in the world, are the people that do the most damage because they never consider for a second that maybe they're wrong, that maybe other people might have better you know, options or thoughts that need to be considered. Um, and... You know, so I do feel like this is more of an issue that happens with people who are highly intelligent. And I don't and I don't for a second think that Hillary's stupid. I think she's oh, a smart no. woman. She knows exactly what she's doing. And I, I think the same of most politicians. I mean, if you think that Donald Trump is an idiot, I mean, you're underestimating a lot and that you that's where that's why you're going crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, um, because you got outwitted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know people, I know some people that were like, you know, Obama's an idiot. And I'm like, no, Obama was not, he's nope. definitely not stupid. Yeah, I'd call Obama a lot of things, but not an idiot. I think that um, being smart doesn't save you from being evil. And mm -mm. being smart doesn't save you from being gullible and falling for propaganda. Very true. And I if think not more that, true. Yes, I think that... Um, in fact, being highly intelligent, I think, makes you very susceptible to propaganda because you you hear an idea and you think it's a great idea, whichever slant you want to take with that. And then you're more likely to think, well, because I think I think and feel this way, I know I'm really smart. So you're not likely to change your mind if somebody else who you think might not be as smart as you has a better idea. And I think that's the problem. 
think about all these people who were so angry that Trump won. Who did they blame for why Trump won? White female voters, among other all the dumb other, hicks yeah, from among the other Midwest things. and the South. All the uneducated people. My husband even tried to tell me this. <laughs> he tried to say that all the, that the reason why big cities are mostly liberals is because they're filled with all these people that go and get college degrees. Mm. Yeah. A college degree is so borderline useless these days. But they, but it's the self-importance. It's so much self-importance. Like these people that, you know, checked their boxes, got their degrees, might be in mountains of debt. And so, you know, to some people, I look at those people and think, hmm, Maybe you didn't really make the best choices in your life, but, uh, you know, that's on you. Um, but uh, how intelligent is that? I don't know. I mean, especially like right now with the economy and just the tumultuous times that we're in. I am so Isn't glad. That also kind of what a midwit is like what, when um, they're just smart enough. Michael Malice is yeah. kind of talking about these people like they think they're smarter than they actually are. Yeah. So they are very confident in their opinions and their thoughts about things. This is where we are at, guys. <laughs> we are filled with all these people. We thought everybody should have access to education. In fact, let's make it so easy for people to get a college education now that we're going to just let all these people go and get college degrees. So you're what you see are people who have never really challenge their thoughts or their beliefs on anything for four years, maybe more, depending on when they grad how they graduated and what degree they had. And they come out and they are given this degree and they think, Oh, well I must be smart because I got a college degree now. So what I say and that's what, what they were told. Has to be educated and smart. But it was never like a challenge. Nope. And then <sighs> Unfortunately, some of these schools are considered like like Harvard and Yale are considered the best schools in the country, but they are very bad about just spitting out these people who don't know how to think outside of the box. But are in line to be the power elite just because of where they came from. And so it's really frightening that you know, especially That's the scary part. Honestly, like a couple years ago when we started seeing those like campus videos, people like being upset mm -hmm. to the point of shrieking at their teachers for Halloween costumes. And it's like your Yale or Princeton or Harvard. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was like everybody should be embarrassed and everybody like I know like I know that was like, like the beginning I think a lot of the veil has fallen for a lot of people and I think a lot of people do see that it's a sham but like I don't know um I don't think a lot of people even see further into the future and they can't see that that's like the the history that's gotten us to today like you know, those people that we might rely upon because they've got their uh, nice credentials. Like, those are the people that are producing, like, brats like this. And, mm -hmm. or were part of it. You know, they're all, to some degree, complicit. And, um... It's I just, don't know. It's just, that baffles my mind. I feel like that is... 
I kind of saw a little bit that of that when I was first going into college, but I still remember, and maybe it's because I went to, I went to a conservative undergrad and I went to a very liberal grad school. And, um, I just think, I think about the whole, the differences, but I don't think that I ever had a professor that was like ever challenging me to think, diff, you know, think beyond the, that line. That's okay to think by. Like I, even when I was at my very liberal school in Chicago, Illinois, where Obama's from, <laughs> I remember my professor still challenging all of our thoughts and, um, you know, asking us because we were working on, I was working on being a therapist. So a lot of it was like, put your biases aside because you're going to be working with people who might have different life experiences from you. And you don't want your biases to get in the way of you interacting with your patient. But I don't see that in people today. And especially in psychology, I see psychology has been taken over by liberals very badly. Honestly, there's times where I really feel like I would benefit from talking to somebody, like seeing a psychologist. Um, But I'm very particular about my friendships. I'm very particular about all my relationships and who I really let in and to whom I'm vulnerable and I there one of the reasons I don't have a psychologist is because I don't trust that they're not going to look at me in some way and have like I don't know misguided advice and interpret what I'm saying to them in a way that's like actually antithetical to my to my even my existence and just also yeah I can't trust that they're not going to use, misuse that information, um, especially because um, just the way insurance is, like everything is supposed to be recorded, mm-hmm. and I don't trust that information being in the hands of all these um, ruling elites that I hate, and um, I'd rather not existed, and I'm very much for uh, their abolition. So... You know, I don't have a psychologist because of that. So uh, maybe we should talk about how we've been coping the past few weeks, Jesse, since uh, we've had to take breaks, mostly for my own well-being. And um, but just I think, you know, I guess we could talk about some positive things that we might be getting out of this or how we're trying to. I, I know we've talked about how we're staying sane, but um, just, you know, we're we're much further along in this than we were weeks ago, even when we were talking about this. So, yeah, I think it might be worthwhile. And then, real quick, just shout out to Anthony Samerhoff, because while I've never talked to a psychologist, like, he is a... I, I've given him a shout out before, but seriously, like, if, especially if you are of this liberty-minded um, ideology, and these are your core principles and values and you also have the concern that you might be talking to somebody who is just another uh, um you know propagandized biased liberal sorry um you know he's an excellent person to talk to um and i definitely recommend it finding find somebody that you can trust um yeah but having somebody like that who is not necessary like the professional relationship with somebody else that you can feel it that you do feel like you can trust I think is 
very valuable. And um, I had never done that before, but did get a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of self work, a lot of stuff taken care of um, while I was talking to him. So really, working on yourself is harder than criticizing your opponent. Yes, nine times out of ten. It's- yeah, and I think, like, well, I know here, for me, like, things are a little bit better because Tennessee's opened up quite a bit. Yeah, lucky so you. It's, it's nice when you have kids and you can take them now to the park. And um, the splash pad's open today, which, I mean, I had, didn't go to it, but I was just thinking, like, I finally, I do have some things I can do with my kids where they can actually get outside and be with other kids. And, um... That was my fear. It was all summer long. They were just going to be locked in the house. And that mm. helped a lot. And getting out some myself and just getting some sunlight has helped tremendously. Um, your, your psychology just requires you to be outdoors and get sun and air, fresh air. It's just the ex- just get the blood flowing. Get Go for a walk. Go exercise. If you don't do that, you're just going to go crazy. I mean, I was literally feeling like in my chest, this ball of anxiety because I was stuck in the house for so long. It really was just horrible. I can't tell you, like you guys didn't know this, but it was bad for a while. Like I was just always anxious and angry and it was because I'm watching the news, keeping up with the numbers of the CDC and then my kids not being able to get out and do stuff. It was like a combination of things. I had to just, when I finally was able to get outside and get some exercise, that really helped a lot. Yeah. Maryland is like inching towards degrees of reopening, (laughs) but it's really actually miserable. So this weekend, um, like the good rebel that I am, I went to West Virginia and we didn't have to wear masks everywhere we went and we had dinner at a restaurant and it was glorious, I will say. Oh man, like, uh, you know, listening to that episode Tom Woods did on a uh, Mance Raiders show and they were talking about <laughs> yeah. just how like freaking great it felt to eat at a restaurant. I felt that way and I left that lady a fat tip and I was just like, let's encourage this yeah because we really everything we've been doing is very very against um our nature and it's not the kind of activity that actually has made us strong throughout the throughout the you know millennia we've been around as uh humans you know it was very much not what we do Um, and you know, it's not to say that we shouldn't be responsible and things and times do change. Our environment obviously changes and we should always try and be very aware and alert and conscious of our surroundings, but I'm still gonna never really think that I wasn't taking it seriously enough. And I, I remember I read uh Camus the plague and there was like this um the stages that the town went in they were all quarantined off and I need to read it again but I do remember people just making the decision that they just didn't even care anymore about dying from the disease because they wanted to live yeah and I feel that way I remember telling my husband this I was like 
I'm at a point now where I don't even care if I get COVID. I need to live. I need to go back to my life. I just can't be stuck inside all day. And I can't sit here and watch my children who have never had a chance to live, not get a chance to be normal kids. It, that was the part that was breaking my heart the most because my six-year-old is, you know, she wants to go play with other kids and she can't and she's just miserable. But you she's, and your so daughter sorry. actually hitting way too close to home. Very sorry for your actual loss in your family that you experienced recently and it wasn't due to COVID, but I guess in some ways it was because she was too afraid to go to the hospital and get the treatment that she needed. Um and there's millions of stories like that yeah, and on it's the just, internet right now. Yeah. But, like, you wanted her and all the other old people around you to die of the virus, right? Like, you're just so selfish that, you know, you got what you wanted, Jesse. Ha ha. My, my mom and dad are both high risk, and they were both just like, I don't even care anymore. I want to see my grandkids. I want to go out. I'm not going to stay in the house. I think My husband was totally the opposite. Wanted to stay indoors, wear a mask all the time, and, you know, just shut himself in and I'm just like I'm not gonna do what you're gonna do I'm sorry but yeah, uh-uh. I love you but I'm not doing that and I'm not letting my kids do that we're gonna try to live you know and that's what Tom Woods said too it's like what if we were to just say today we're just going to cancel all music yeah let's just cancel music let's just take out all the things out of life that are you know that just help make it so much better Yeah, because life is rough every single day. Like, even in our privileged places and our privileged society, like, what we have, we're just in relative laps of luxury. But every single day. That's going out to eat. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Because that's, you know, it's basically like, and if you're just really, like, honest with yourself and you do, like me, I struggle with, um, you know, getting enough done so that I feel like I was accomplished enough and did something. But then also like I have to reward myself or I will never trust myself to do that hard work again. Like I have to Mm -hmm. do, let myself do what I want to do and like feel like I need to. So I don't feel like a beast of burden. Like, you know, like I need vacations. I need three day weekends more often than I just got for Memorial Day and even still, you know, like I had to take a work call on Saturday morning to talk about, guess what? This stupid virus that I can't seem yeah. to escape. Like, that's why I had dreams of COVID this weekend because it it follows me everywhere. And it's like, but anyway, you know, like so all the really good, like enriching things of our lives have been shut down. And that does include like, you know, the interpersonal relationships with people and, um, just my little small town that's trying to come back to life and you know was just desolate for decades and you know the past five ten years is like from ten years to five years the past two years has just like been booming and then to see it all like shut down and closed again it's just like what like and that and that will happen to the entire country if you know they try to reclose anything if they try to prolong the opening i mean like la county holy crap there are, there are 
that's the thing. It's like what makes me so mad is they're trying to make it sound like the people that want to reopen and go back to work are all a bunch of you know Republicans that voted for Trump, and then all the people that want to stay home and and keep everyone safe and save their grandmothers and wear their masks and for your protection, not theirs. Um, those people are all the kind, loving liberals, good-hearted people that care about everyone else, right? Very nice. And, and the, the truth is, there are liberals that want to open the economy and get back to work, and there are conservatives that are afraid to get out of the house yeah. without a mask and gloves on. So shut the fuck up about that. I like, think I can't tell you how annoying that is. That's I, not a political. Not everything is political, and not everything is Republican versus Democrat. I want to harpoon people in the face every time I hear all this crap. With love. with love with love but yes it's just so annoying that we this is what i mean this is what me and my friend got into an argument about because i make everything political when it's like no honey that's the point i am sick and tired of everything being politicized you pointing out that things are political doesn't mean that you make everything political or like the fact that politics is involved in every inch of life and that you know things are political that that shouldn't be and it's just because you point that out does not mean you're obsessed with politics at all i'm just saying i don't want government involved in every aspect of my life that's not a necessarily a political statement that's me saying i wish that we weren't political yeah really that's like anti-political i'd say the government is made up of democrats and republicans yeah i hate them both and i wish they would just stop it's not like you're saying like things would be better if these politicians were in charge like no like that's that's why we're that's why we're having these problems because these people with um suits and uh salary that they get by oh they're still getting their starting us we have friends that are still waiting to get their you know yeah so what i would say and you know of course this is a novel that i'm saying this but like where it kind of lines up with like who wants to go back to work and who doesn't and and like feels comfortable and wants to open up and just you know get back to normal is like people that are getting a paycheck whether it's like their their genuine legitimate paycheck and you know Mm -hmm. so nothing's changed and luckily for me, nothing has changed. I, I told you before, I'm very fortunate that I'm still working. So, you know, I can still, I can, I'm, this is an observation. So people that are still getting their check um, in the mail routinely, nothing's changed. You know, they are more inclined to, to be overly cautious and say, you know, whether, wherever they are on the spectrum, like they're fine with staying home. And I guess the economy can stay closed because what's the economy anyway? Again, spectrum. It's, it's basically but, um, the government just paying you money. Well, so then, <laughs> right? <laughs> or the other, the other piece of that is the people that are staying home, and it's more convenient now for them to stay home and get paid by the government. But so everybody mm-hmm. who wants to get back to work are the ones that realize like shit's crumbling, whether it's in their life or everybody else's around them, and so because that they're not allowed to go get their, you know, conduct their livelihood. Yeah, well, I mean, when I think what's going to really hit is when um, all the supply chains are shutting down and they can't, the people that still get a paycheck and they have DoorDash bringing food to their front door or they go to Kroger, Walmart, whatever, and they can't 
get the food that they want. They can't find the products that they're looking for. Then they'll realize, like, yeah, this isn't gr that great. Well, I do hope that now, like, things in most states are talking about reopening or are reopening and are reopened. Like, I really hope that maybe we did avoid some of that. Um, I know we're going to see issues and a lot of things are going to change about the markets, but what did freak me out and I really like I cannot live with if it comes to pass because I've read We the Living like I know what socialism is I I know that Europe like the European Union and just the UK and specifically like all of that is is a world that I don't want to live in and um you know I could very what I could I could go move there if I wanted to but I don't and so Michelle Perrette or Oh my God, Monica Perez. Sorry, Monica. <laughs> Monica Perez, like, um, talking about the Europeanization of, like, our culture that they're trying to implement to, you know, make us be more comfortable with being inconvenienced by problems with, uh, by, you know, less free markets, more government intervention, more socialism. And just like, ugh, I don't want to. Go to. I've lived in foreign countries. It's not a good time. Even like the ones that you think are pretty developed. Like, no. Yeah. I agree. Well, anyway. Yeah, I just think that's the, the part I think where I just. I think it's really just everybody's like kind of living in their own bubble, and I think that's where it all comes from. It's like, they this is kind of like one of the things that I've noticed is that people have lost relationships, whether that be like father, daughter, son, mother, husband, wife, friends, siblings, they, they've lost those relationships over politics. And then what they just do is they just stick with their echo chamber even more and I think that's what we're seeing is like these people are just becoming more and more saturated in their own their own beliefs and they're not being challenged and they're just getting more radicalized in a way you know or just more set in their own ways and own way of thinking I mean, that's what I'm seeing in my own life yeah because even amongst my cousins and my my family it's like we all still talk but it's like it's split off now and that's really unfortunate it used to be where we could all hang out together and we didn't even talk about politics <laughs> yeah it's once like upon a, once every, upon a it's beautiful time. time yeah well i'm getting kind of tired um is there anything else that we should Say before I want to we part. I want to say. Um, Do you have a stunning and brave corner? Well, I was going to say um, my stunning and brave corner is uh, it's going to be Tim Dillon because he talked about um, his experience with dating hmm. <laughs> on Tinder. Is it Tinder where you swipe left or whatever? Yeah. He's talking about that, and then um, he's talking about how. He sees all these profiles are like, don't even talk to me if you voted for Trump. Yeah, and things like that's that. what they say. <laughs> and one of the things that he he said so eloquently, that I'm not going to be able to do it, but he was like, is that your whole life? Like, is that all you are? Yeah, is that exactly. Your identity it's... is that you hate Trump. 
because that's pathetic. Do more. And, like, do more. Yeah. Be more. So that's what I just want to say is that whether you like Trump or whether you hate Trump, why is your identity all wrapped up in that? Or even politics. I don't... Yeah, in general, really. Politics like, suck. Politi- politics... Politics sucks, says politicians the suck person more. who's on a political podcast, but you know what I mean. Well, we're on a podcast <laughs> that happens to talk about how crazy everybody else is that actually like yeah, believes and follows politics. Us. Not yeah. us. We're not crazy. I mean, this is how we stay not crazy. And uh, we appreciate you staying not crazy with us. Um, and t- turn off the news. It is just a waste of time. Yeah, you it can- is. All you have to do is skim through the top news of the day or listen to the propaganda report. But, you know, if you don't want to do that, you can pretty much find out what the top stories are in about, you know, half an hour and then you're done. And then you can go live your life. You don't have to be consumed by it that all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let it live your life for you. And what I'm going to try to do is I'm actually going to try to read a novel. It's not a political book, but actually just a story to escape the world we are in right now. Yeah. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm, uh, getting into an Outlander, one of the Outlander books, because it is a great escape. It really is. I I mean, just get me out of here sometimes. So pick up a book, everybody. Read, listen, music. Get outside. Enjoy the sun. Call a friend, maybe. I don't know. If you are if you like talking to people, reach out to people. I know a lot of people are struggling, and even if they're not telling you that they're struggling, they're probably struggling. So if there's anybody that you've been like, I really should reach out to them, like, like shoot them a text. You know, I've talked to a few people and seen a few people that um, I don't normally make it a point enough to talk to them. And so I think, like, that effort is appreciated and um you know, yeah it'll be good for you too and also i mean i'm still collecting money for our friend anna if you guys want to donate to our um venmo it's the vixies in need on um, venmo if you guys want to donate to that or you can also donate to our patreon i'm thinking that um for i guess for the next for the last few months, we'll probably just try to donate our what we make, which is not a lot, but we'll just take our earnings for the last few months and just give it to her. And because um, she needs it more than we do, yeah. So, yeah. Or if you know anybody else that's in um, an abusive relationship and they can't get out because of all of this going on right now, but hopefully that's getting better soon. Um, you know, just try to help them out. You know, don't wait yeah. for government to do it. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Just help your friends out. Help your neighbors out. And if there's anything we can do, let us know. <sighs> yep. Us right. humble little, uh, humble little vixens. Yeah. I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know where to follow us on Instagram, Voluntary Vixens, Twitter, Vixens Voluntary. You already mentioned the Patreon, but again, you know, just be very mindful of your own spending because it's a interesting time. But if you have anything that you'd like to offer for our friend Anna, it's uh, 
vixens underscore voluntary. You should be able to search it and figure it out just fine. Um, it's probably got our logo. Anyway, thanks again for stopping in. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful, keep it voluntary. Mm-hmm.